Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. If you like this show, go on and check out the Adam Carolla Show. That's the show that the Schmoes got started on. Yep, it's on every week on Podcast One. The Ace Man still holds the title of the number one daily downloaded podcast in the world as he complains about whatever's on his mind with celebrity pals like Drew Pinsky, Doug Benson, and many, many more. you got to check out the Adam Carolla Show at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. And remember, you got to rate and review. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 Get ready for the tastiest breakfast under the sun. Jimmy Dean Casserole Bites. All the homemade flavors of a breakfast casserole packed into a poppable bite. You know something else? They taste good. Hey, everybody. We are live, and we're going to be talking about, guess what? Solo. Solo box office. And Solo stuff. What the hell are they going to do after Solo? Jedi Council. Welcome back to Jedi Council, and it is a full one here today. I'm very excited, and we're live because it's a special occasion, and I have some really great guests today, but we're going to start off with the grouchiest man on the planet, and that is Kylo Ken, Ken Knapsack. Hello, Ken. Is that my camera, that Cody? Is, no, no, I don't think it is. There you go. <laughs> Cody? Close. Cody. We need red lights in these Got things. it. Hey, go. Molly's hey. over there. Cody's in there. Good to be back. Good. I've, uh, every time you've gone to have a blaster fire burger, I've been doing something else, and it's actually disappointing because I want to try that burger. All right. I forgot 
all about that. Um, so now we also have to announce. You know, uh, you're, you are a funny guy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but funnier than me, sitting to my left, is Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw from Four Center Podcast. How are you, brother? I am very, very happy to be here when I look you in the eyes and when I look in my camera where I know where it is. You found uh, it. Yeah, and I had a blast for Fireburger. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The uh, the server tried to tell me not to have one. Oh, is yeah. you going to have gas or something? Yeah, they're like, no, no, it's too spicy. And yeah. I said, never tell me the odds. <laughs> oh, I like, like really like Han Solo. It was great. And making his council debut, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained. What's up, man? Hey, is that my camera? I think so. It's good to have <laughs> you, man. Dude, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. It's this is your debut? This is yeah. debut. Wow. You've been here, but you've been in town before. I've been here. I've watched it, but I haven't been oh. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we first met at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, obviously very aware of the, the stuff that you've done. And then now, because you competed in that Star Wars showdown and then doing it again at the live event. And that's, that's, the, that's the big news here. And that's one of the reasons. That's the reason Alex is in town. We're doing the live schmodown this Saturday at the El Portal Theater. These three characters are going to be going head to head to head in a battle of Star Wars knowledge. And I have to tell you, I don't know who the hell is going to win this thing because all three of these guys really know their stuff. Sold out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sold out. Can't buy a ticket anymore, but you'll be able to see it because it's going to air this Tuesday, right after we shoot it. So, guys, real quick before we get into the show itself, how are you feeling about the, the live event? I know that you, you guys, both you and Ken, are, are stand-up comedians, and, and you, you, you're used to the crowds. Are, yeah. are you excited? What's, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Super excited to you know, get to, to perform, to yeah. do our promos, and to walk out, and to do all that exciting stuff. And then the trivia is just... Whether you know it or not, I got to be a Jedi. I got to be Zen. It's just, it's the will of the Force. You're looking to take out your uh, your podcasting partner over there and shut that uh, that arrogant Star Wars mouth of his when it oh, comes to the Schmodown? Yes, yes. I want to wrap him in a warm, friendly hug of slight <laughs> defeat, as he might also do to me. It's really a battle to lose to Alex. That's right. Alex does this 24 7 all day. Well, no Alex, pressure. last time you competed, you got a handshake from the now current champion, Sam Whitwer, and that was, I know, it meant a lot to oh, yeah, there, but like, great. how are you feeling going into this live event? Because you're not as used to the live events, but your Star Wars knowledge is, is pretty incredible. Well, I mean, I did start the channel to study for Star Wars trivia. There's one at Dragon Con every year that Joseph also yeah. goes to, and so I've, I'm used to doing it in front of like a hundred people once a year. Nothing like this. So I'm like the opposite of you, where I'm just there for the trivia. I'm not a <laughs> showboat. I'm just going to be like, hi, I just want to, you know, talk about Star Wars and then walk off the stage. Right. Well, someone who is definitely a showboat and a trivia master is the former Star Wars champion, mm-hmm. Ken Knapsack. How are you feeling about these two characters? Uh, are you worried about it's, it? It's, it's not so much what I feel about them. It's what I feel about you using that word former with such joy in it. your mouth. <laughs> the thrill it. that you right. roll that word out of your mouth and throw it down It's never like that. Me. Never used to be, oh, but you, you kind of yeah. deserve it, no? Uh, Spicy like a blaster fire burger over here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll send you straight to the restroom. Uh, no, I, I respect both these guys, and I think that's clear. I've never yeah. backed off that statement. I yeah. respect Joseph so much. We became friends over our shared passion of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and the little details. There's times I'm like, I look at him and I go, who's a re-eyes? Re, re Re-yes is a what? And he's like, it's a Quarren or something, and it's not. Uh, and then uh, I study with him, uh, his videos all the time. And, you know, I think you're playing a bit of possum. I ran into you on this Mean Streets of Burbank yesterday. I was like, how are you looking for Saturday? And this is, this is Alex. I'm really 
really nervous. Um, I think you're <laughs> playing a little like possum. Uh, Dragon Con, it's kind of like Bernie Man. You go into the Thunderdome there, <laughs> right. and they're like, yeah, Dragon Con's a wild con with alcohol flowing freely. I, I think you're playing a little bit of possum. You're going to come out I, I like big Stark Lighter and really light the skies. I probably need to show up hungover. That's well, the, yeah, that's that's the out. be spiraling over the table <laughs> yeah. like Darth Sidious. Well, the, and another reason, obviously, that everybody's here today is because we're talking Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot to talk about, and there's not, and that's the thing that I've gotten used to at this point in time. Like we get through, when when you're in the the glory days, if you mm-hmm. will, and everything is super positive, people will be like, "Why did you just talk positive stuff?" And then when you're in the negative, people are going to be like, "Oh, you don't love Star Wars anymore, so you can't win." But that's the conversation we're going to have. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of us that are, are maybe think that there's nothing to worry about. There's going to be others on this table that think that there's a lot to worry about, and we're going to have the, the open conversation talk about it all because there's a lot to talk about after this movie came out. But before we get to that, I want to let you guys know that this episode of Jedi Council is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Rode is proud to present My Road Reel. It's the world's largest short film competition. This year, there's $1 million worth of prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is make a three-minute short film in any genre that you like, a behind-the-scenes video showing a road product being used, and then you could win big. Entries are open until July 31st. Head on over to MyRoadReel.com to get shooting. MyRoadReel.com. All right, Ken, there's some stuff. Let's talk about it. There's some stuff. There's some stuff. All right. The first story is about the box office. You heard this? There's, a, there's, a, there's some news a going around the box office. A thing. <laughs> that, uh, the final tally, at least right now that I'm reading this story here, is $103 million. It's a Monday update for the solo Star Wars story. Memorial Day opening uh, the weekend extravaganza. That, of course, without a doubt, without a doubt, below Projections. Who's project- projections? Probably a lot of different projections, yeah. including in-house and out-of-house. Uh, that has led to a lot of discussion of what comes next, but we're going to start the conversation there. There's a lot of little details, a lot of little numbers. And we'll get into it. We'll, we'll, get, get, into we'll it. get into it if, start if need be. Look, um, there's, not, there's no way around it. This is, a, this is a huge disappointment. It's a huge financial disappointment. And, and, and I talked about this last night on Schmoes, and I'm a big fan of Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool, and his tweet that he had kind of sat out was, oh, making $100 million is a big accomplishment. Not in this circumstance, because that's 100 after four days, first of all. And then the problem is with this movie is that you have what the actual budget was was probably close to $200 million when Lord and Miller were involved, right? They shot a lot of the movie. If you believe all the reports of everything that, that was inside of those reports is that the, they basically reshot the whole damn thing with Ron Howard. Let's say 80% of it. You got to tack on another $100, $110 million. And the marketing, which was didn't start happening until two months before the movie came out, you got to look at another $150 million. Normally, a good marketing with months ahead is 100 So you look at $150, $200 million there. This movie had to make at least $500 million to crack even. It is struggling. I know that there's still more. We're coming up to our second weekend. And I will say it has nothing to do, in my opinion, it has nothing to do with the quality of the movie. Did I love this movie? No, I didn't love this movie. Do I think it is a bad movie? I don't. I think, it is a, I think it's, a, it's a good episode of The Clone Wars. I feel it's it's that kind of it's like that type of it's like a show that I would find on either Clone Wars or Rebels or something along those lines. I don't think it necessarily needed to be a movie, but it's not a bad movie. I thought that Howard did fine, but there's problems, a lot of problems, and and there you know it's not as Teflon as we thought it did. Because as Star Wars fans, you saw, all you saw was from continuation, continuation these movies, boom, 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 nothing can phase Star Wars. Putting in a May. Terrible idea. One of the worst ideas. But those are just some of my initial thoughts with this. Am I out of my mind? Do you, you see some of that stuff? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think it is absolutely a disappointment, for sure. Yeah. I think, it, to me, that's an important part of the narrative. Of, of Lucasfilm has an opportunity 
and really everybody in the Star Wars discussion and media discussion uh, world has an opportunity to contribute or not contribute to which narrative. It is a huge disappointment, but I'm seeing articles that are calling it a flop, a disaster. As a movie by itself, it's not a flop or a disaster at 100 million, and we're only at the beginning. Maybe it will be ultimately. But I'm seeing articles that say this proves that Lucasfilm can't do what MCU has done. And they just did exactly what MCU does. They have huge blockbusters that do 200 million that shatter records, and then they have a smaller movie. And to me, this is supposed to be a smaller movie. They, yeah, it'd be great if it made its projections of 150 and got skyrocketed to 170 million. But it was a film that is, to me, the anthology, the stories were always pitched as, hey, what if instead of huge movies where the fate of the galaxy is, is at stake, where you're following three or four or five characters, what if it's a smaller slice of life where we're just with the smugglers and the bounty hunters and it's just services one character? What, would you like movies like that? Now, to me, that was always, they're going to be lower. So on one hand, I have the, yep, it missed its projections and conversations have to happen. On the other hand, it's like, this might be what Star Wars is, that we got the huge ones, the main saga, and then we got some smaller stories. See, I would, I would be on that side of things that the movie costs $80 million or $100 million to make. The problem is, is that this movie right now costs more than what Last Jedi cost, and are those saga films you're talking about, and more than Force Awakens and more than Rogue One. This, because of all the reshoots and everything else, because of the, the, the rushed marketing... That you have to take into consideration because that's the difference of the smaller scale. Because as far as people saying the, the Marvel thing that they can't do it, they can do it. It just hasn't been done right yet. And I think there's a different bit of a, there's a creative shift that needs to happen one way or another because they can't go down the path that they're doing right now. I don't necessarily think that that's working. But Alex, what's your take on it? I mean, well, I should preface this by saying the further we get out of Star Wars and into the real world, we get farther away from my own expertise. <laughs> so uh, I don't really normally follow box office projections or anything like that. Obviously, I know that this is a huge disappointment and like 80 million when your budget is 300, 400 million is nowhere near close enough. But what if it were just the Lord and Miller budget? Would we be having the same talk? I don't even know. Probably not. I mean, I mean, it, it, I think you'd have the disappointing talk. I think that if it, let's say it just costs two hundred million dollars with the marketing of three hundred, right? And it's already made four hundred plus. So, you'd be like, okay, it's not the normal Star Wars budget, and there's no, there's been, there was no problems on set, there was none of that stuff. I think then you go back to Joseph's point, and then it's just like they're smaller movies, mm-hmm. and this is what these are intended to be. But it's just that it's so inflated right now. I mean, how are you feeling about it? I, I, I totally understand the concern. Behind the scenes, a head coach takes a job knowing they're going to be the one to take the fall. That leads to other conversations about the business of Lucasfilm, uh, Iger, and all that stuff. Um, I, I understand it. I'll be honest with you. Don't care because I love this movie so much. You know what I mean? And, and will it affect things going forward? It might. Should it? Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Do I, do I think my precious Obi-Wan movie has even a lesser chance of happening? I do. Yeah. Uh, so I don't throw it out. I don't throw anything you're saying out. I don't throw any of the numbers out. I get it. I get it. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, I'm just going to keep going to my Star Wars stories. You know, and, and, and I think that represents a lot of people. But, it, but it's, it's not to say there isn't concern with marketing. Right. We've talked about in Force Center, like two weeks before the movie – they still had a Avengers uh, Infinity War had to be in the end caps at Target had to be by contract right. so they couldn't even get 
solo stuff out, and right. I still struggle to get the merchandise. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different reasons you can dig in and, and say it was disappointment. But at the end of the day, I'll represent the type of person that's like, cool, that's the business. You guys deal with it. You want to watch it. I'm going to go see Enfys Nest again. Yes, yeah. and unfortunately, but it will, it will affect you it one will, way or another. Will, yeah. Because, I mean, the other thing is, because if you look at it, as far as a calendar year goes, so Last Jedi came out in December, and then not five and a half, within a year span, we got two Star Wars movies. Yeah. There's a lot of reports of people going, oh, see, two, two, two Star Wars movies. That's why it's not working. People are fatigued with Star Wars. I hate the word fatigue when it comes to anything, <laughs> whether it's Star Wars fatigue, whether it's Marvel fatigue. It's not a matter of fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of people not wanting to see a certain thing, not because of fatigue, because, it, because if a really great movie would have come out, if everyone was on the same page with Last Jedi, if mm-hmm. everybody was on the same page. Right. This movie would have done better. There's, you, you have to call you have to call it that because the core fan base, a lot of the core, was split on Last Jedi. They were split. I'm not talking about overall, overall, just regular fans. Because I can tell you, the other day, my wife, who's a casual, doesn't like likes two Star Wars movies. She likes The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is her favorite movie. It's like mm-hmm. she knows nothing about Star Wars. She doesn't. She just liked watching that movie. Right. But the core fan base, as you can see online, as you see everywhere else, exploded. And a lot of that fan base, you know, I don't think it's... I think the boycott thing, to say the boycott, and that to me is silly. Now, if you look and you say to yourself, I didn't like The Last Jedi, I don't want to see it. Not I'm not going to see it, but I don't want to see it. I'm just... It disappointed me. I'm done. I think that had a huge impact on this movie. What do you think? Yeah, I think the thing is that there is no one smoking blaster. I think there's just a ton of things that all came together because every time I dig for a different opinion about why did this happen... Is too close to Last Jedi. Divided opinions about Last Jedi. Right. Uh, people didn't want to see someone who isn't Harrison Ford. Uh, a lot, of, especially older fans, have um, prequelitis where they didn't like things being explained to them in the prequels. I, I'm talking about people who are like alive during the original trilogy. And like, right. I don't know why. I want to want to know that Anakin built C-3PO. They don't want to know the uh, introduction of the Kessel Run. They want it to be a mystery. Uh, I think it kind of goes on and on. And I think all of those things combined to make this and i think if you you know were able to do like a really scientific poll you would get like yeah you're right everything coming together yeah i couldn't disagree well we we, we've had this discussion too where it's like and i I don't mean this into like disparage or toxic opinions out but if like if you have a certain agenda or point of view and you're waiting to hear from a christian harla from a kinetic from an alex from a joseph from a perry from a roca uh all all of those are circle and and, perry doesn't like it you might be uh, I'm focused on what she said because she, she didn't like this aspect of it. And I think we saw a lot of people waiting back more than yeah. maybe Last Jedi. Right. And even some of our, our hardcore fans at Force Center, some of the hardcore fans at, at Collider Jedi Council, where uh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And then when something comes out and you're like, ah, yes, uh, I, I wanted um, a, a more diverse cast and I felt I didn't get it with Val and that person agrees it agrees with me on it. I'm going to wait back. I'm not going to see it a second time. That happened a lot too. We were yeah. discussing that in a little more detail where you could, there's so many different reasons why. There's a lot. And I think yeah, one of those yeah. reasons too is that it, it made, it kind of made Star Wars feel like a summer movie mm-hmm. more than like that special Star Wars. And I think that, that December had a bit to do with it, not having that December release, but um, yeah, Alex, what, I mean, what do you think about the as far as the Last Jedi stuff goes, or anything along those lines? Well, I totally agree about December. I kept hoping that they would push it because of all the reshoots, and just because I felt like five months was too close. And when I sat down to watch it, I didn't feel like I was in the right headspace. Like, and that's because I've been talking about the Last Jedi for five months, and right. I mean, I, I spend every day reading Star Wars basically, but I didn't feel like I had 
built the hype up enough and that might be because of marketing but yeah i kind of wish it were just stuck in december let people recharge a little bit uh as far as like the fandom goes yeah they're obviously split but i don't know how i guess i see it more as a general audience thing i feel like the diehard star wars fans be it the boycotters or shills alike like (laughs) i feel like we're all a fairly small segment of the general audience that went so I don't know how much the Star Wars fandom being split affected it or not. But yeah, can I piggyback on that? Yeah, real of course. Quick? Of yeah, course. I think another thing that we're not talking about a, a lot is uh, Star Wars. If it's going to come out a lot, w- even once a year, maybe twice a year, it's not going to be as special. You know, if you're an mm-hmm. older fan, you used to wait a decade or more. Right. And that, then we had The Force Awakens, and that was real, real special for lots of reasons. Then right. we had Rogue One, because that was a, an interesting curiosity, because it's the first of the standalone. And then Last Jedi, I think, got a bump because Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, Just wasn't in back. The Force Awakens. Right. We had right. almost even more bonus nostalgia that we w- that would have uh, you know lessened. And Solo is the first movie of, awesome, it's a, another Star Wars movie. Yeah, (laughs) it's not going to spark that, and that's just like a reality of like, hey, there's one world where Star Wars is special because we never get to see it. Yes, it comes out every ten years, and there's another world where we get to see it all the time, and it's a little less special, but we get more diversity. And I think Solo was diverse, yeah, because there's never been a movie like it. Never been a movie just in that one pocket of Star Wars. Never been a movie that just concentrates on this one guy, and that's what I love about it. It feels different to me because of those things. You see, I agree with. A lot of that, but as far as the special thing goes, I do think that if you had The Last Jedi, and let's say, again, that the, the core audience, the, the Star Wars audience, was all on the same page, and everybody loved the direction of what happened with Luke, and we ne- it never took a hit. There was ne- let's say we went into the next movie, and the next movie was The Old Republic, this new thing that a lot of people didn't know about or something, a brand new adventure. I do think that would be a little bit more special. I do think that you would be able to get those movies to where it's like, well, what's coming up next? They just did this movie that just crushed it, and now they have this brand new movie. I don't know who any of these characters are. It's like, oh, I can't wait. But the problem is, a lot of the stuff that you had mentioned, that, that the, what happened, whatever happened, the last night just come out, and now here's this movie. Well, that's not Han Solo. Oh, they're doing a young Han Solo? Who's that? Like, some people didn't even know casual fans. I will disagree in the fact that I think that a lot of casual, a lot of casual fans didn't even go to see the movie i think a lot of they were, the casual fans that went said that's ah, fine it's cool it's a summer movie i think that the you know the hardcore fans who do make up because star wars hardcore fans do make up a lot of that box office and i think a lot of them did not go and i think that it's there's so much there but ken i gotta throw it to you here when i ask you what is next like where do they go not only with not only with the actual movies themselves uh-huh. like because we know boba fett yeah. but here's what's on the table Everything that's on the table right now is Boba Fett, uh-huh. Obi Wan. So we think yeah. nothing, nothing confirmed. Benioff and Weiss, yeah. uh, the Ryan Johnson thing, the Favreau television series, and Kathleen Kennedy running the show. Mm-hmm. Anything changed? Nothing changed? What do you think happens? Um, it, it, sometimes I'm the wrong person to ask because I think the only storytelling I'm interested in Star Wars is the 19 years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. That's my highlight. That's the boot of the Empire and the galaxy in distress. I want the underworld. I want the Imperials learning to run the. Uh, that's my time period, and I'm one of the small people that enjoy that. Yeah. So I don't know. For creative dip, creative direction, uh, if there's no Obi-Wan movie, uh, I'm out. Boycott yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> um, because that's the time period that's most interesting to me. I, I am a war over the lore. Yeah. Lore is Old Republic. This is what I do. 
How all dare right. you? Sir. I'll hear I'll hear Alex talk about XR Coon and Darth uh, Grumpy and all this well, stuff. Alex and I like, will be going, and yeah. you're not coming with. No, us. but I'll, I'll be interested. And obviously, <laughs> Darth awesome, man. Yeah, Darth awesome. And if it's Dan and Dave, you guys know. So creatively, that's a different conversation. Uh, in front of the camera or behind the camera, I don't know. I, I always said my, my, I should get a T-shirt that says I'm not in those meetings. I'll tell you this: I think you need to look at Uncle Bob more than people realize. Uh, on some of the decisions, including Lord Miller, uh, hiring, not firing. Um, I, but I do know, use the sports reference again. I don't know why I'm aggressively, like I'm Bill Clinton. You, know, <laughs> you think that I have something against you? With the no, 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 no. You sure have something against me. But, um, <laughs> I do. That's, um, that jacket's but, too tight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> salmon shirt wearing. Shirt is canning. Um, a head coach takes a job knowing that they will be the one that gets the axe. And if there is legitimate concern behind a lot of things, the, the head coach gets cut. Yeah. I, I, I am happy with the four Star Wars films and all the properties that come out. Not They're not all perfect. I get that. I'm happy with it, but I don't know internally. I don't know. So to the big question of does, does Kathy take a fall on a sword, I actually hope not. But that's the kind of conversations that are going to hap- have yeah. to happen. Yeah. yeah, they will be. I think they're going to happen. But Alex, let me ask you this. So my personal opinion is I think that either right before or right after episode nine, uh, Kathleen Kennedy will step down. I think that she, I, they will never fire her. You'll, they will never say that's it, bad PR. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. yeah. yeah correct. That it, is it bad PR that. all the way around. It'll never happen. She will leave gracefully. Um, and I think that either they let her go through episode nine, give her like, you know, a shot to to hit walk off the court, say I made a lot of money with episode seven, eight, nine and and Rogue One. I had one fl- flub, but I'm going to concentrate on other stuff. That's what I think might happen. And then whoever they bring in for the creative or do you disagree? Do you think she's going to stick around for a while and say, look, I had one bad movie box office-wise, and I'm going to pick it up, and we'll see what happens? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't really even care. I mean, I don't think that she deserves any of the like vitriol that she's getting, getting over and over. Uh, but I also don't know how involved she is with like the stuff that I've really loved. So... Uh, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. But don't you think we should care, though, a little bit in the fact? Because, like, let's say there's two sides to this. Let's say that she is an ultimate Star Wars fan, and she's so dug into it, and she has this creative vision that she's pushing forward everything, but it's not hitting the way that it is in front of the media, right? And so if they take her out, then we lose a big Star Wars head. And the flip side of that is what if she's not the right person creatively? What if she's this person that is a great producer and is a phenomenal producer and knows how to get the job done as far as this piece, this piece, this piece, or if there's a flub, I can fix that and make it still work. But the creative, she's not getting it. Isn't it, as a fan, to say, like, well, I hope, like, very similar to your sports reference. Mm. Yeah, they took us to a couple championships, but clearly they're not using the team the way that we thought that they should. As a fan, shouldn't we be rooting for a creative decision that then writes the ship in another direction? Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard from Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like she has never put herself forward as I am the, the creative head. Right. She's the business person in that... Um, you know, the Last Jedi behind the scenes documentary, uh, she's got that great quote about we, we looked at what made Star Wars special. And we thought what made Star Wars special is that's George's DNA. That's this one weird human being who thought, I want to see Flash Gordon, but different. Right. And I and I want to hire people like that. And that's why she ran with Ryan Johnson, because this is a guy who was going to put his own DNA in the movie. Now, lots of different opinions about whether you like Ryan Johnson's DNA. Right. And that's fine to me. I like somebody who has that 
vision of I want to hire creators who really believe in their vision. I think the big problem at Lucasfilm right now for me is not creative, but communication. And I think that has a lot to do with Bob Iger. Uh, I've made the joke about IgerCon. That's where we learn about uh, Star Wars news now, is when Bob Iger decides to call people at Disney and say things. Because things dropping at, like, not great times and just out of the blue, it's just a Tuesday and somebody's (laughs) mad about X on on Twitter, and then the news that is perfectly compatible with the thing that people are already mad about drops on that's just because bob Iger decided to make a phone call that day and whether it's Iger's decision whether it's kathleen kennedy's decision uh whether the story group is all given uh medals like they're at the battle of yavin and they make the announcement i think that lucasfilm needs to just have great communication they need an event at el capitan the same way that mcu has had mm-hmm. and they need to come out here and say you know what this is a big ten of Star Wars fans. Some of you want to revisit some of your old favorite characters. We are doing Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor. And right. he walks out so like, you, 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 some of you love the Old Republic. We're doing that too. Right. And then, you know what? Here's your Ahsoka movie. And if they told all of us, like, what I think is the truth, creatively, in the next five to six years, phase two, if you will, yeah. mm-hmm. there's going to be variety. But they're not communicating that, and they're letting the rumors run the roost. That's a great point, and I agree with that. I think that the communication with the fans is not there, but I also think that has to do with there's no creative plan. I don't think that they had that set in stone. I don't think like like where the MCU knows we're going to go here, 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 here. We're going to try to end up here, and then, oops, we, we announced the Inhumans. That one's not going to happen, but everything <laughs> else is going to happen. They can't do that at Lucasfilm because there's no plan. There, because I, I can't imagine that Ryan Johnson thing's going to happen anymore. Do not be surprised if that thing gets canceled. I think the Ryan Johnson thing is is I would I would put a I would put a stamp on that that thing might not happen at all. The Benioff and Weiss stuff might still. Boba Fett and Obi-Wan, I don't know, because I think what studios do sometimes wrong is they take one movie that didn't do what they wanted to do, and then they say, well, no one wanted to see a standalone movie. I don't think that's the case. I think that I think Obi-Wan would have done better, in, even in the May spot, than Solo would have done. Um, and I think that, especially because Ewan McGregor is a character. Because Ewan, yeah, because Ewan, yeah. Yes, because Ewan McGregor played a character, like, the thing is, yes, he played a younger version of a character we already knew, but he did it in three movies, and he was years and years younger, and we accepted him. He was arguably the best part of the prequels so when you do that again with him oh i know that guy that's that's the obi-wan that i remember a lot of kids grew up with him as obi-wan so that this had so many different things and one of those things is yeah i don't i don't know if obi-wan's gonna happen i totally agree with like yeah just the kind of creative plan and i'm fully in the camp that i wish the sequel trilogy were planned out from the get-go right and i appreciate what they were trying to do and let everyone kind of tell their own story but like that i don't know the sequel trilogy shouldn't have been the testing ground that should have been what we built to i think like kind of our avengers and like let's do some standalones first and kind of find our footing but plan out the sequel trilogy instead of just going like we bought disney or disney buys lucasfilm and immediately like what's the fastest way to make our four billion dollars back episode seven get the cast back like i wish it were planned out more yeah i mean i think that that's that's very true in where you look at what Marvel has done, right? And you're going to get a lot of comparisons of Marvel because they're doing the game right. They started with Iron Man and they're still making a lot of movies and a lot of money on these movies and they're doing two to three a year and that's why I don't buy the fatigue. There are certain people who are like, I don't want to see any more superhero movies, but the people who are 
the core fan base still want to see them. That's the difference between this is that some of the core fan base doesn't want to watch Star Wars, and that's a problem. Like, that is that is a problem. So to see where they're going to go here, what the next movie is, uh, I, I have no idea. But do you guys think, first of all, here, here's a question. Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, do you think they're going to happen? Um, I I think uh, I think Obi. Nah, it's I don't tough, know. Right? It, it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It's also tough though because it's a small town and we hear things, so uh, it's hard to predict sometimes. Uh, but I, I would say Obi Wan still could happen. Yeah, because like the, like the Mangle stuff, we all say it's not official. We know that they've been working. They they, right. they have all this stuff. There's including a Sally B. Crumb origin story. It's, <laughs> it's on the wall. So I don't take the Mangle stuff. I look at it. And go yeah, yeah. It's probably. Someone's talking to someone, and someone. Right. Pump. So, as far as it actually happening, so it's still possible, right? It's it's definitely right. possible because where do they go from here? Penny Alfred Weiss. Um, I think I think yes. And uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy. Um, you haven't heard a lot about it, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm still. That's the one. As much as I love Last Jedi, yeah. number two on my list. You know what's not on my list? Whataburger. I've had it. People stop <laughs> bothering me about it. Whataburger is not on my top ten hamburger list. Um, as far, yeah, yeah, as far as my chance, that's the one I'm still like, wow, what, right. what is that? Is I, that going to be unknown regions or current time? I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. I think right now, if you're Lucasfilm, you've got to pay attention to the atmosphere and the climate of what your fan base is saying. And regardless, I know, and I'm very aware that a lot of people love Last Jedi. A lot of people love it. I think for now, you stay away from a Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think you stay as far away from that as you can. What do you think? Do you think that's going to happen? The Johnson trilogy, I mean, I guess I've just been assuming that it would uh, because that's what I do. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, like, I'm interested in it because one of my problems with the sequel trilogy is the lack of unified vision. And I feel like, oh, well, Johnson and probably the Benioff Weiss thing would be one creative vision telling one planned Mm -hmm. story. So I was excited for that. Uh, I don't really want to see it be canceled. Um, I think Obi-Wan is probably going to happen because that's like something that everyone wants to see. They want Ewan to come back. I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. And uh, Boba Fett, I'm not sure about. I'm more just like, I don't even know if I want to see that. See, I think for me, Joseph, I think that I'd want to see a Boba Fett movie if they were going to do it. Um, I'd love to see it after the Sarlacc pit and whether or not, and I know that even Chuck Wending, who's writing, I wants to see it as like a Dread Pirate Roberts type, type mm-hmm. situation. But I'd like to see that movie as one of the Disney streaming movies. I'd like, because we don't really talk about that as much. We talk about, like, we all think all these things are going to be theatrical release, and if you have this streaming service, you can start putting movies on that streaming service, also very similar to what Amazon and Netflix do. All the movies that we just mentioned, do you think they're all going to happen? They've all not really been officially announced, but you know, pretty good reports from The Hollywood Reporter. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they're all they're swirling. You know, I think they're all possibilities. I think they are just a, a twitch of a finger away from being announced yeah. or not announced. I think that's the point they're at. I think definitely uh, movies on streaming, what I would love to see on streaming is... Uh, animated adaptations of the novels and great comic books lines you know dc that's where dc kills they do an adaptation of the dark knight that's Mm -hmm. animated it's great i think that's it for streaming boba fett i think there's a lot interesting there creatively i want to see them explore how does he feel about being a clone i'd be happy with uh james mangold now uh beginning his old man trilogy (laughs) he's done logan he does boba fett then i don't know then he he can do super old indiana jones i don't know uh whatever his third is i'd be happy with that i'd also be happy if they announced you know we, we said boba Fett, but it's a the underworld series part two yeah. you know like a lot of fans had doubts but the fans that are coming around to seeing solo maybe they're seeing it monday tuesday they're starting to go like 
wow, yeah, I wasn't into this. But you know what? It was fun. It was Star Wars. It's pulpy. It's serial adventure. And I think a lot of fans, even fans who didn't like Last Jedi, are in fact getting re-energized by some of this sort of classic yeah. DNA that's in Solo. Yeah. So if they announced Boba Fett as... You know what? We like that world. In fact, uh, you know, can I say a spoiler for Solo? Yeah, that's one thing for you guys to know. We didn't, I didn't say it up top, too. So if you haven't seen Solo, um, you should probably bail out now because from Joseph's point he's about to make here, plus we have other stories that are going to be very spoiler-heavy. So wanted to give you the heads up. The rest of the episode is going to be very, very spoiler-heavy on Solo, so I would bail out if you didn't uh, see the movie. Yeah, so they're just like, it's Boba Fett, but it's a continuation of that Han world, and uh, Maul is going to send Boba Fett on a mission, and Kira's going to try to stop him. And it's like, that would be interesting to me. I I want that Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan movie uh, more than I want children of my own. (laughs) Like, I I want that movie so desperately. All I want is for them to to also announce something different. Either brand new, Old Republic, or something with uh, a a little bit more diversity, because I think that is a legitimate concern to have too many movies that are led by a known character who's a white guy uh, written and directed by more white guys so I think if they announced Obi-Wan and a woman's directing fan favorite Ahsoka or even like hey we're going to show you how much of a spine we have Dr. Aphra most of you have never heard of her but the hardcore fans are in, in just like MCU trust none of you know who Ant-Man is in the general world but comic book fans do and right. we trust you so I think if they announced something classic like Obi-Wan right along with something that showed like we're going to invest in, in fans who read the deep cuts. We're going to listen to everybody, and we're going to just say, we know you want us to listen to the, the audience? We hear that you're diverse, right. so here's a little bit for everybody. Yeah, and I think that in order to do that, because, again, using the reference for, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Something where you're talking about there. Nobody knew what the hell that was unless you were a big Marvel fan. The thing that they had working for them was a string of movies leading up from like 2008 up until 2014 before they released that thing. So they, they need, I, I don't disagree with you. I would love to see all, your streaming idea like seeing something like Lost Stars become like an animated series. It would be incredible. But um, I also think that you need to, you got to get the right directors. You got to get the right writers. You got to get the right uh, actors, obviously, to really bring on these characters of these whether it's again old republic or whatever it is to attach people to get them excited about it and then you start diving into those comics and those books but i'm worried that some creatives over there are looking like well that's maybe too inside baseball maybe that's the the fans aren't going to get that because going off your point good stories are good stories if we respond to them in general then Entrust that your that the audience will entrust will will respond to good stories because the original Star Wars sounded ludicrous <laughs> when it, when pitched and nobody knew it. and there was a couple people that took a shot on it but if you tell good stories that's all it's about don't worry about you know just well we have to try to get the box office so let's put out Han Solo because everybody knows that name oh wait, Boba Fett they liked him he was really cool or even Obi Wan it's like let's take a shot on some on some new things. But it's also picky and choosy. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very tough situation. The, the streaming service is of, uh, not talked about enough because we don't know about it enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'll, I, late at night when I'm not watching Alex on YouTube, I'm watching uh, Scott Galloway on L2 and talking about the business and Amazon and Netflix and, and Apple and the big titans trying to fight over this space. Yeah. Disney wants in. They're already in. But this streaming service is huge. Favreau running a TV show yeah. is pretty big. 
swing. to come out of swing yeah. and to get that name. And Iger did say in one of his calls, ah, you got to have some names you're going to be surprised about. That's my uh, Lawrence Kasdan <laughs> meets <laughs> Asner, uh, Asner, Ed Asner, yeah. too, thrown there. So I think it's a big thing. Um, I'm Iger. It's a trap. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the, the call for uh, diversity behind the camera, on screen, all that kind of stuff, it's it's going on in a lot of places in the novels and the comics. Uh, Dr. Afra is is a, is an Asian it's, Asian doesn't exist in Star Wars, but it's an Asian female uh, designed character who is uh, you know uh, LBGTQ, and no one's paid. Like it's so quiet, and it's it's there in the comic, and you throw it up in a streaming service in a two hour movie, you're going to get a lot more people going. Oh, what are you doing here? And then Disney and their streaming service is going to start fighting right. uh, uh, with Netflix and all this kind of stuff. It, that's where I think the battle might end well, up really going. I think the streaming service, and I've talked about this before, the television show, the Favreau show in general, I mean, because they, I think he already said he's done with like six episodes. I believe they're going to try to launch it next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be come out probably before last, uh, the, the last movie comes out, the episode nine. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Episode Nine can, excuse me, the Favreau show can reconnect the fan base. I think that ep- the, the the television show, Favreau show, could really start to take everyone that has been on the opposite side, the civil war, if you will. I think it could close it up. I think because that show has the ability to do what movies in general cannot do. It's why shows again like Stranger Things and these other shows work so well because they're essentially these eight to ten hour movies and they're developed all the way through and this is a guy who's already going back to what you said before with how there's not this there wasn't this plan for the new trilogy it was like there's that movie we'll figure this one out there's that movie we'll figure this guy's written six episodes already of the of the show so there's six he's designing the show and he's going to arc it up until like eight or ten episodes and we're going to develop and we're going to respond to these brand new characters but each time we watch we're going to get more and more and more invested and we're going to start to get sucked into star wars every week or or if it's a, a binge, it is going to change the Star Wars fandom, I believe, if done correctly. Now, if it stinks, then then it could blow it up. Uh, but that, that's my overall thought. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I, I have high expectations for the Favreau series. I think it, he has represented in his own career all of these different parts of what the Star Wars DNA is, and, and a big one being comedy, yeah. and comedy that comes from characters. So I think that's going to be great. I love the detail that's popped up that not only has he already written these, but it's partially because they're based on ideas he's had since he was in like college. Yeah. And I just picture like his dorm room with that sad notebook of like he's playing the RPG. He's like, here's right, my fan right. fiction. There's going to be a Wookiee and he's going to be force sensitive. Like, right, right. I'm, I'm wondering how much is it almost going to feel like, yeah, fan fiction from 1989 done by like one of the best uh, writer creators in Hollywood. Yeah. What are you thinking about the, the show? You got high hopes for it? Yeah, I do. I'm I'm, I'm just excited about anything that kind of gets us away from the Skywalker saga a little more yeah. because I think the more they explore new stuff, like that's kind of why I want them to go older public because there's not as much to compare it to. Like, anytime you go straight up new, I mean, yeah, you can compare it to Legends, but you can tell a brand new story that we don't have, like, 40 years worth of history with. That I mean, I think that's what a lot of the problem with The Last Jedi was that some people had was that you ruined Luke Skywalker or whatever. You won't have that with anything in the older public. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Favreau series is going to be three years after the original trilogy, which... It's a mostly unexplored area, so I'm glad it, I'm glad it wasn't in right. between episodes three and four. Sorry. And there is but, set, but there is stuff set up though okay. in canon though mm-hmm. that we know we know some stuff which is cool for us. Like it, yeah. it, does, yeah. it won't it won't ruin the, yeah. the uh, 
experience for other people, but there's there are things that have been said. We know where Luke is, or we, his mentality, of where it is, and what he's been doing. Because if you read like Shattered Empire, I mean, that's like directly after Jedi, but still. But we we know kind of yeah, what his. But the legends of Luke Skywalker suggest that yeah, what yeah. he's doing, he's out searching for. To the truth of the force. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, that's that's one element. Maybe he'll be mentioned my name, which will be really sure. cool. And then these other characters. It's, I don't know. I think it's, it really could be the saving grace um, for a little bit up until we get episode nine. And I think there's a lot of, that's something else we didn't talk about. Episode seven was probably the most pressure ever put on any director <laughs> who has ever directed Star Wars. Even, even more so than George Lucas. Because George Lucas, yeah, if you would have bombed out with that first movie his career is toast but it's like there was not all these eyes on him it's like you just would have heard about it in a book hey this guy tried a science fiction fantasy movie and it bombed that, yeah. that's oh, what you talk about new hope yeah yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, right yeah, yeah, new yeah. hope yeah and then the prequels come out and it's like he, he it's like a stand-up comic that that is really famous you're gonna get that that standing ovation in the mm-hmm. first like 10 minutes and then oh we didn't like it and they talk about it but still you knew it was gonna make money episode seven was the creator's not involved anymore Good luck, kid. You're bringing Star Wars back to the world. Mm-hmm. What can you do? And whatever you think about The Force Awakens, I happen to lo- really enjoy the movie. Um, it did it, and it put Star Wars back on the map. It's, it, map. it started the the fever pitch again for Star Wars. And then he said, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. And then Rogue One comes out. It's another hit. Oh, and J.J. suspects, I'm good. Then Last Jedi comes out, makes a lot of money, but then... This whole thing then starts to happen with Colin Javaro, and then maybe he there's this back. Maybe how, does JJ like the stuff happening in in uh, Last Jedi? Maybe he doesn't. Whatever it is, but he decides now to take the job. Now you're looking after a divided fan base in Episode Eight, Solo, which is a box office disappointment. Good luck, kid. He gets it again. <laughs> so how much pressure is on JJ right now for Episode Nine? I mean, a lot, but honestly, I trust him because The Force Awakens is my favorite of the Disney era so far. Like, it made me feel so many great emotions that I don't care that it is very close to A New Hope and all that. I don't care about Starkiller Base, even though I kind of hate that it's like a big reset button on the galaxy. It just made me feel so excited about Star Wars again that... I, I'm excited to see what J.J. does again, and I think he can bring it home. I don't envy his position at right. all. But What kind of position do you think he, he's, he's in? Do you think this is, again, there's some people that they get nervous. They go, yeah, I don't know. We need to get the job done anyway. But then there's other people like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. Uh, this is where we're at. I, thought, I thought it was interesting that he came back at the time. You know, it seemed like he had walked away enough. I mean, we know that episode seven, he locked himself away, uh, went and made this movie at Bad Robot. Ryan Johnson moved up to San Francisco for a year, so yeah. he makes his movies a little different. Um, and I think that contributes a lot, a lot to the feeling that it's different, the Y8. Um, I think Ryan played ball. J.J. goes down to Santa Monica and does his stuff. So I think he's okay. I think he's like, cool. Got Chris Terrio, who is a good screenwriter. Forget the suit. I know a lot of people look at some superhero stuff he's done. I mean, Argo, come on. Yeah. It's guy know, the guy knows how to write. Uh, uh, and I think they're, they're cooking up something good. And it's, it's going to be a tough, yeah. it, as much as I love The Last Jedi because of what it did to my heroes and what it made. It's a movie about failure, all that stuff that yeah. I love. I love that it's kind of difficult for JJ now. It's that that's interesting storytelling. It's challenging. It's yeah, cha- yeah, yeah. Where I don't know. One of the things I loved about Last Jedi is I went over that and was like, I don't know what they do with Episode Nine. And well, I, I love that, and I think JJ might like that too. It's another conversation I found myself in last night about this, and I happen to think, and, and I know Ken, you know, Ken and I are kind of on the same page here. With, and I won't spoil Game of Thrones. I will never go to In and Out with you. So good, <laughs> animal style. Blaster Fire Burger, Dragon animal best style. burger. Um, <laughs> 
But <laughs> fan service is something that was thrown around a lot with Game of Thrones for last season. Uh-huh. Um, now I know that y- you liked last season. Oh, I, I love season. Okay, no, yeah. no spoilers yeah. for you guys. Yeah. But but the big thing that was kind of thrown out there was that there was a lot of fan service. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I and mm-hmm. a lot of, it came from a lot of the book fans who said that this mm-hmm. is really not where the story looked like it was going or too. And this is clearly Ben Affleck and Weiss doing their thing. I loved it. I thought that it was a it was a great direction that they took it. I bring that up because I think I am pretty confident in that I think that JJ is going to, and this is not a negative term. I think that fan service to me sometimes can be taken positively. I think there's going to be a lot of fan service in episode nine. Um, do you think that's a disservice? Um, do you think that he should do that? Do you think he will do that? No. I mean, I think uh, going back to George Lucas and his poetry, I'll take it a step farther. It's like a song. You want the final chorus to be the final chorus. You yeah. want that note that musically brings you home. So you hear that that final note and i think that's the kind of fan service he's going to do but i think it's gonna be really weird and really creative i'm so excited that jj abrams is back because i'm not good with the sport so you guys can help me out with the the sports metaphor i'm here for you all the humans are on the bases and everything else is bad and the the we batter man is not good but he's alone nailed it perfectly somewhere mark ellis is really proud of you (laughs) jj abrams is not known for sticking the landing right that's not correct people aren't like you know what's the best thing about jj abrams the way his shows wrap up perfectly (laughs) narratively the third act of jj abrams films the so he did i think what was asked of him with the force awakens he introduced some new characters but more than anything he made sure like look there's some tie fighters and some x-wings and it's it's solid it's great it reignited the fandom uh like alex was saying then he sees ryan johnson do something creative twisty controversial and he comes out himself jj abrams and says I wish I had got a chance to direct that script. I'm jealous of that script. The only thing that he has said pretty much publicly uh, that I've seen is, I can't wait to take on this creative challenge. We're going to surprise you. We're going to wrap up this trilogy, but we're going to wrap up all nine films. He is psyching himself up for, the world doesn't think I can do this. The world doesn't think I can stick the landing, and they don't think I can do it in a shocking, creative way that proves I'm an artist. I'm not just uh, a workman. I'm an artist. So I think that we are in for something that is going to be fan-pleasing, but in surprising ways. I yeah. think that's what he wants to do. It'll be really interesting to see if he succeeds. All right. That was the first topic. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what do you... I mean, we covered a lot of topics. Covered a lot there. So, so what, do you, what do you got next? You, you want to talk about uh, little old Ronnie Howard? Uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go a little bit of a... The spo- again, spoiler here. Spoiler what, what do you got? Ron Howard talks about the big cameo in Solo, and it was not Weasel from Phantom Menace <laughs> appearing in Emphis Nest Team. It is uh, him talking about Maul, no longer Darth. Uh, he says this. Apologize, I'm reading this for the first time. I will say that was scripted, and there was a lot of uncertainty as to who that character would be. So it was sort of initially written in a rather generic way. It was just sort of said, boss. And I thought when I came in, I assumed they knew who it was, and they were just keeping it under wraps, and they didn't. But Maul was listed as one of the candidates, and I lobbied hard for that. I thought that made a lot of sense to me. Don't forget, Ron Howard was offered to direct Phantom Menace, too. I found that interesting. I found that character uh, to be really effective, and I knew for a fact without asking directly and giving anything away, my son Reed, uh, uh, who's a dedicated Star Wars fan, he's a golfer. I didn't know he's a golfer. Uh, he's on the business. Uh, I just whispered that possibility, and he just thought that would be incredibly cool. He goes on to talk a little bit more about that. The Cavsons <laughs> were on board. Uh, then we actually shot it twice because we did it once, and we realized it was quite mall enough, which we actually had 
talked to our good friend Sam Whitworth, yeah. um, and he explained a little bit of how that process worked to us, too. So, anyways, that is uh, interesting there. The big reveal, I think, is that he comes in and goes, great, who's this character? Uh, Lord Miller, we didn't know. We're figuring it out. And he goes back to what Alex, do you think? It goes back to Alex's point before. No plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you, I mean, especially when you're going to tie the franchises in together. It's like that, I, I was bummed to read, these, to read this because I was like, it was cool. I loved, it was actually one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I thought that it was really interesting that they were able to, they took the canon stuff, the stuff that I've been wanting them to do for a long time, tie it into mm-hmm. Clone Wars and, and, and Dathomir and then, you know, leading up to Rebels and all that stuff to where Maul eventually is. I, I, I loved that stuff. But then to hear like, well, we just kind of discussed, we, we knew there was going to be a crime boss, but it's like, well, where does it tie in though? Like, why, then why is it him? It's like, well, we kind of figured it out during the process of writing and the actor, Ron Howard, came in. It's like, yeah. Lord Miller didn't know that it was Darth Maul? I'm like, what, what happened? I thought, because again, the, I would say also the reports that I heard about the best Star Wars script ever written, I don't know what drugs that person was on when they told me that, but it's like, <laughs> because it's like it just started to throw stuff in there. Um, yeah, it, it worked. I'm not saying it didn't work and it was, it was sloppy, but it, it, it just, it's just a little discouraging. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I take that with a grain of salt because there's also the interview with John Cassidy. He's like, I always wanted it to be this, and I was hoping for it to be this. So I interpreted it, if that's true, that maybe uh, at least young Cassidy always yeah. wrote it with this in mind, and he was waiting for the thumbs up from the directors, okay. from the higher ups. Maybe he was waiting for a, a phone call from Iger Khan himself and give a <laughs> thumbs up on Maul. Right. Uh, he had already announced it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, even, even if it, you know, as a writer, I'll say, sometimes you don't know until you're right up to the moment and you realize this is perfect. I shifted this one thing a half an inch and everything in this massive script clicked into place. And for me, not only was it a shout out to fans, but it clicked into place because it makes sense of Kira's character of she is trying to make sure that Han doesn't end up on the end of a crimson blade. It's not Job the Hut. It's not right. someone that Han can shoot. And that's what she says, you know, in that elevator, I know a little bit more than you do. Right. And that's what she knows of like, you, you, there's no amount of conky, cocky or fast ship that will stop this guy from killing you. Right. And it works because it's Maul. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but what, what do you think about these comments, and what do you think about the reveal in the movie? Uh, I loved the reveal. I have been saying for a long time, like on my own speculation, that, oh, Lucasfilm can't just throw in stuff from the comics and Clone Wars. they got to kind of tiptoe in it, and then, like, in the middle of the movie, they're like, I hope everyone watched the Clone Wars. Right. Like, just <laughs> dropped that. So I am excited that they're willing to do that and just trust the audience to figure it out. Um, as for the comments, like, I, I guess I kind of take it with a grain of salt, too, just because I don't know... It could have been Jabba or something, but it, it seems like Maul's the only good fit there because we do know that last we saw him in the Clone Wars, he was a crime lord or a failed one. And mm-hmm. sure, he would try again. Like, he yeah. always tries again. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it is still a bummer that they didn't have that set in stone beforehand, if that's the case. But I like where it landed. Can you get Sam Witwer to come on here and say, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah, we'll get him to say it, we'll, well, we'll get him to say it at the end of the match, whoever wins between you guys. Nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I think, uh, Ken, you know, when you, you hear about this, the other thing, though, with Darth Maul, what I've heard from people who have seen the movie, the casual fans we were talking about before, as we thought, when, we, when you and I saw it together, when that reveal happened, I said, this is going to confuse the hell out of people. I love it. Yeah. But it's going to confuse people. And it has. Oh, it's it has. confused so many people. Like, not only with the fact of, hey, I thought that guy died. It, it then started to be like, the, I saw a lot of reports. I got into this whole Facebook thing with my friend. And he's like, the timeline's all off. I'm like, no, it's not. It's actually. <laughs> I saw, I saw oh, that yeah. too. I yeah. saw that. I'm, I'm like, it's not off at all. I'm like, it's actually completely right. 
Um, and and it fits in. He's a good kid. Yeah, he is. And I and he he, he didn't know. And, he didn't and know. I had to argue with him because then he started saying he's like he's like oh, I was going to watch some silly cartoon. And I'm like you should have because it's some of the best narrative <laughs> of Star Wars that yeah. we've ever gotten. Yeah. And to his credit, he's like all right, I'm going to go back and check it out. But um, but yeah, it's like it, it definitely threw some people off. Oh, absolutely. I've, I I uh, saw one person who was like, man, I'll tell you this. Uh, I love that. Love this movie. Love the reveal. Maul's one of her favorite characters. And she was like, I didn't know this was before the Phantom Menace. And I was like, wait. Well, right. it's not. Right. Um, and uh, another friend who actually, uh, he said, how is Maul alive? He texted me, and I was like, uh, you probably watched the Clone Wars Rebels. He's like, no, I've, I've watched Clone Wars. I know what happens. He's got spider legs. Got it. How is he alive here? Like, what ha- Like, And so there is some confusion, which is, which is fine, because right. it's his part. But it, it does make sense, and I, I'll pitch it to you, because this is something you said to me that made it very clear. Just in terms of Star Wars, the reveal of a, a red-faced, lightsaber-holding bad guy kind of works on its own. Yeah, yeah. People can, yeah. can you know, calling over with the Force, igniting the lightsaber. People can, fi- casual fans can figure out, like, oh, wow, it's there's, there's, there's right. a, even, not even Maul, there's a scary Sith guy. That's right, why right, right. Kira's so frightened. That's why Han can't do this. But I think it, the interesting thing about it to me is, again, shifting your perspective if you think of it as not a confusing moment, but as an advertisement to go watch the Clone Wars. Totally. Mm-hmm. All these conversations are tell me the story. What happened? And that to me is like going back to MCU and this is what MCU does well that I think Star Wars should have. At the end of Infinity War they're going to be spoilers for that. Can I spoil Infinity yeah, War? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd stay yeah. away from that one. Alright, yeah. so there's you know a symbol at the end of Infinity War and half the audience is like yay and then right. the other half I was literally in a theater where like half the audience was like yay and the other half turned and was like what does that mean? Right, and right. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is an invitation. One hundred percent. I've been screaming from the rafters about this for years. Of like, puts when we were to, when we used to talk about like uh, you know if Ezra would have shown up or somebody would have shown up, and I and I my point was always. Let them show up because if you confuse the audience, I just go, well, "Who is that?" Well, go watch Rebels because of yeah. this. Go do this. That was the first thing I thought of when they said it. It's like, well, people are going to go watch the Clone Wars now, or people are at least going to be talking about the Clone Wars now. He came back. This is what happened, and you, that, that's how you connect it all because there's more conversations about it. And it's like a lot of people aren't even aware that a that show Clone Wars exists, and b that it all counts in the same thing that it, because uh, they don't do what we do. They're not in. They're not as connected as a lot of the hardcore fan base. So the casual fans, even though I thought it was a cool moment, were a bit lost. But to your point, we'll maybe go back and want to watch uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah. All right. What's next? Really? Nothing. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, you want to go to? Uh, where, Is that it? Uh, we're at, we're at, we're at about fifty minutes. So I want to I want I want to know where you want to go next. Um, you pick out one last story, whether it's from this or canon, and then we'll go into some Twitter questions and okay, look at it. Okay, all right. Forgot. I, I mean, look, we've been talking so long. We got, like we, yeah, we got comics. We got the Star Wars. So the solo novelization is coming later this year. Yeah. New Forces of Destiny with Kieran, IG-88. Rumors that it might have appeared that the setting was Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, Batu, right. uh, or more specifically one of the villages. And we know that the Black Spire, uh, which was mentioned by uh, L3 and Lando in a conversation uh-huh. in the movie, I uh, hope that's not a question Saturday, um, is actually... <laughs> Isn't anymore? Yeah, part of the Galaxy's Edge yeah. uh, thing at Disneyland. So uh, that's kind of the the, the the headlines there. Let's go into this report from the Hollywood Reporter that Disney is possibly looking at releasing only one Star Wars film a year going forward. Sure. Might have something to do with this. Might have something to do with or thinking before. Uh, uh, you initially, I know, and you, you were like, "Hey, probably expect two two films a year," which is logical, mm-hmm. uh, especially back in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Where are you at with it now? And then I can start going through some of the numbers about. That um, I think it'd be a, a, a big error to to do two movies a year right now. It's like it, it's just it's it's 
you're coming off of a, of a disappointing box office. You're coming off of uh, a fan base that's not together right now. You need to build it back up, and you need to get that December date back. You got to get the hell out of May. It is not 1977 anymore. Um, there are, it is way too crowded in the summertime. It, there, you're, you also, as Disney, you have um, every other movie. Disney has Avengers, Solo, and The Incredibles coming up back to back to back. It's like take Star Wars and stick it in, in, in December. That's its new release date every time, whether it's a year, whether it's a year and a half, excuse me, a year, two years, it's fine. But just build it back up, put the right movies out, get Again, to just harken back on Alex's point, have a creative, have a narrative. Know where you're going with, with your properties. Know where you're going as far as even if you're setting up your, your Benioff and Weiss thing, have it come out every other two years. And then stick in the other movies and make them tie in. Know what you're doing. But one movie a year right now is perfect. If they get it back on track like all the way through, then sure, two movies a year eventually if necessary Maybe we need it. Because I don't think solo a sequel is going to happen at all. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, I was a big fan of it, of Solo coming out in May because I think it feels like a summer movie. It makes yeah. me want to, it makes me want to, you know, go driving and, yeah. and not responsibly. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's in, I would, in, a, right. in a different way because right. it's May. It's, you know, I was hoping it'd be the summer of Solo. So I have to concede that, of course, it would have done better in December. So I think until they get back to that point where they've, you know, communicated their phase two, their phase three better. I think if people know years out what to expect and it's a little bit more all connected, yep. I think they could build back up to it. I agree with that point how do you feel i totally agree and what i think is great about star wars is that if we don't get a solo sequel i think we're going to get closure they can always do it in a book or a comic yeah and like <laughs> i think we're going to get that story either way i used to be on your side with like yeah let's do two a year bring it on but now yeah just from my own feeling of sitting down to watch solo and just not feeling ready for it mm-hmm. i think one a year is better and even from a workload standpoint like i Doing it five months after the last Jedi was a lot. So, yeah, and Ken. The other thing, as I'm listening to everybody here talk, mm-hmm. how interesting a Star Wars celebration going to be in April? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Chicago 2019 is going to be interesting. Dave Hollis, who's the Disney uh, distribution guy, yeah, he's got a. This is literally his bag. He says there's a question of frequency and how many times people go to the movies. Is this too much and too soon for a third time in a five week period? Kind of referring to Infinity War and Deadpool 2 as well. Uh, and he then goes, let's measure how we feel about this until more time passes. So I think they're definitely... Yeah. Again, it makes sense. If you're Disney, you're looking down the hall to what they're doing with Marvel. What you're getting is different. You've got 75 years of comics. You're pulling stuff together. And you're, you're spitting it out a little in a different way for, the, for, for more casual fans. I, I think you look down the hall and go, well, two or three years working for them. So this is Star Wars. And then this, this should give pots. Because right. I personally... I, I was a little bit with, with Alex where I was like... All right, let's gear up for Solo. And I, I love this movie. I'm excited. Uh, but, like, even I was like, okay. I, I intentionally told you, read a Wyatt Earp book because I didn't want to read a Star Wars book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I wanted a little pause, too, and, and, and I make my, make my bread off this. So yeah. I get it. All right. Well, that's everything as far as discussion goes. We can't even call it topics and all that. It was just a great discussion all the way through. I want to get to some questions from the fans. I know we pulled some stuff from Twitter. We pulled some stuff from the Facebook group. And I also like to give a big shout-out to our buddies over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Even though we really didn't go over a lot of the the stories that we got, we do get from StarWarsNewsNet. They they are an aggregator for a lot of the stories, but they also write their own articles. They have great podcasts. Check them out. They're one of my favorite sites out there. Um, 
Ken, let's All get right. some questions. Some questions here. We got the Facebook group, Collider Jedi Council. You can ask to join there. We also go to Twitter using the hashtag Collider Jedi Council. Don't forget, you can join, ask to join the Knights of Ken. They support all my evil doings in the Schmodown. Um, <laughs> let's do uh, Andrew Blake. I like this question. What are the odds of Aiden Versio, any members of the Inferno Squad, appearing in the John Favreau series or the new Resistance series? And even, uh, I'll add, Christian, do you like this concept? Love the concept. Yeah. Love the concept, and I and I hope so because I mean, it's Janina. I mean, it's straight up Janina. It's not. It's not like oh well, that kind of looks like Janina a little bit. That's Janina, and she is like a very talented mm-hmm. actress, and you can get her um, to be in the show. She's a Star Wars junkie, mm-hmm. and Favreau is pretty connected into the you know the lore, and mm-hmm. and it would make sense. Why not do a couple episodes mm-hmm. with her? And and it's only what three years later. She's at that point. She it, yeah she. She'd be to be. I'm trying to the story right after Jack. Who it's right at Jack. Well, who. She's on the she's yeah, on the yeah. side of the rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you definitely, definitely. Yeah, I definitely. hope so. The answer is I hope so, and I think it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love seeing Aiden Versio at the royal wedding. So uh, I would yeah. love, love <laughs> yeah. to see her on television. But Shriv, Shriv is a great yeah. character, yeah. a funny yeah. character. Yeah. Yep. And Shriv seems like how did John Favreau not already create Shriv? Right, He's a right. perfect John Favreau <laughs> character. Does I, seem like a Favreau that's character. what I was going to say. I, I want Shriv. Yeah. I, I do think Aiden could easily show up in Favreau series not sure about star wars resistance because in right. battlefront 2 like dlc right. she hasn't been a part of the yeah, resistance it's a little, it's a little but farther along on for the Favre, i'd love yeah. to see her in live action yeah, i would much rather see her in live action mm-hmm. i think that's a way that we can actually transfer over somebody who's either done voiceover or been in the games mm-hmm. into the kind of live action stuff obviously Whitworth's done it in a certain way but not not you know we've talked about it with vanessa marshall and with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, ashley Eckstein. is that of course they'd love to actually play them in live action and to yeah. see Janina Gavankar come on and actually play Aiden would be amazing. Um, Ken? Yeah, I'd I, I love it. I, yeah. I love the character of Aiden Versio, no matter what point of the, star, the her personal storyline yeah. is the character. I love this character. I want to see more of this character in some kind of form or another. Uh, and you keep, I keep saying all the time, and I know it's a character you love too, and, and actually I think you guys like uh, Ray Sloan. Yeah, she can yeah, fit yeah, yeah. How far right. Favreau's story goes to the Entire events of the the saga in the galaxy, right. we don't know. Yeah, I imagine it might be smaller. But I when does she take off for the outer regions? At right then and there, right then, yeah, right then, then and there. Yeah. So there's something. I was I was doing some research on Ray Sloan this week, and 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 what a rise, what a character that worked her way up and to 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 uh, Grand Admiral. Yeah. It was there at the end, and then. Something happens in those unknown regions, and I want to know the tale of Ray Sloan. I want to know how Snoke shows up and Brendel Hux, and I think there's a story there. I don't know if it's Favreau, but that's a character, too, that I'd love to. It's that yeah. time frame I'd love to yeah, see more. Yeah, the last Jedi novelization talks about how they had to go out and, like, they faced all these dangers. Like, I'd yeah. love to see him get picked off one by one. Like, right. at Battlestar Galactica, what? we lost another well, ship. Well, right. yeah. yeah, you're talking, and it's from Snoke's perspective, uh-huh. how he's just kind of, even he's admitting, I wasn't the choice to lead. It wasn't me. It's like you came over, you're like, "Oh, nice fleet you got yeah. here." Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. You want to get down to the candy store? Let yeah. me tell you the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's so? What's next? All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Two more. Two more. Two more. Okay. Uh, we got Jacek Hajduk at. Old School 5. That's a lot easier for me to say. Uh, So, is the now famous cameo setting up an Obi-Wan movie? Another solo movie or just a Darth Maul movie or Maul movie? Perhaps a mini-universe within the universe where Maul would be the baddie like Thanos. So, let's just take our our business heads off, Christian. Just talk creatively. Would this be something you want to see? Do you think, uh, knowing we got Ron Howard's comments, let's throw that aside. Let's have some fun and speculate. You have to, if you're going to do one of these movies, you have to kind of tell the audience... Where what happened? 
I mean, yeah. she's like, oh, you set it up. I think it would most likely happen in the Boba Fett movie mm-hmm. if it's going to happen in any of those movies because it doesn't make sense in the Obi-Wan movie because Obi-Wan, if you look at it, um, from where it, I believe it's going to take place is like right after or right after Sith, a couple of years after Sith. Um, and we don't, Maul doesn't even know Obi-Wan's alive until the events of Rebels. So that wouldn't make it, you're not going to see anything happen between the two of them in that movie. So that's a no. A Darth Maul standalone movie? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, I I think I out of all those, if they're gonna do a Boba Fett movie, which I don't really care too much about, then let's do that. And if not, then you can always save it because there's no rush to do it. You could always, I mean, you probably would never always be able to use Ray Park, but eventually you could do you know more with Maul or like you said before, a book or a novel, a book or a comic or a video game. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of think that, like you said, comparing it to that thing at the end of Avengers, it's kind of like the post-credit sequence without being post-credits. It, like, that's what they're teasing, what they're building for. So I do think that that was their intent. And, yeah, I'm the same way where if they were to say that the Boba Fett movie would tie into Solo and be kind of this underground thing, that would make me more interested. But whenever you just say Boba Fett movie or Maul movie, I'm like, it's hard to right. get excited until you know what the story is. Yeah. Can yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in there on the same spot where yeah. I, I'm not a huge Boba Fett fan, but it's, so if it's like, it's Boba Fett. And there's stuff to mine with Boba Fett, absolutely, but I, I want to tie it into something bigger. I don't think Maul fits into the Obi-Wan movie at all. I think that's Vader. That's Vader all yeah. the way. Yep. That's the main event. Uh, Maul, Maul versus Obi-Wan's like a good intercontinental title match. Right. In a feud. <laughs> right. um, so I, 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 I would love, as John Kasdan's trying to tweet out, the hashtag underworld movement yeah, yeah I was gonna, totally with uh Kasdan's tweet and the fact that he used a, a hashtag young Kasdan did to yeah. underworld you know if they started to announce like yep it's not a mall movie it's not a fet movie it's not even a lando movie a kira movie it's an underworld love movie that, yeah and it's all these characters coming together i would love to see how mall ends up on malachor because right cool. now yeah, at yeah. the end of at the end of solo seems unstoppable seems like he's been having a bit of a hard time when we meet <laughs> yeah. him in rebels right so how, i want to see that and why did he go back to dathomir because remember in the comics he wanted to get the hell out of there and he rushed off of mm-hmm. off of after that uh, fight with the after the emperor yeah, came i in. think it's this little bit of canon that's uh, right now at the beginning of the ahsoka novel where he then heads to uh, back to uh, uh, no Mandalore oh, okay. to tighten up, and okay. then he gets uh, oh, he gets yeah. captured. Yeah. Oh, so wait. So the, the beginning that, of the Ahsoka novel. Yeah. Right. That's, that, yeah. that's the opening. Yeah. I thought that. So where? So he hasn't. He hasn't been. So he hasn't been ousted out of Dathomir at this point yet. Uh, let me go to YouTube channel Star Wars Explained. <laughs> yeah. He did in the comics. Oh, so yeah. he's son of Dathomir comic. Right. Was. After, After it was still Clone Wars before Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and but then, but it's before the Mandalore stuff. And then the Mandalore, which was yeah. going to be season seven or eight of the Clone okay. Wars. Yeah. Okay. So then he goes back to Mandalore, gets kicked off a of Mandalore. And, and I guess he goes back to Dathomir because yeah. in Rebels right. we see he has that base. Okay, so the, that, that's after all. Yeah. It's so a, right, the confusing. point is there's a lot of interest in ups and downs <laughs> right. from all. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, last one. <laughs> Joseph's image of Maul just like, nah, I've had left. Been yeah. a tough <laughs> couple years, man. Yeah. Uh, final one here. This is from Meteor at Meteor underscore boy. Do you think a Star Wars movie must include at least one space battle or a lightsaber fight with Solo? I wondered what is the core DNA of Star Wars and without one and the other it's maybe hard to reach an expected level of epicness associated with the franchise. No, I don't necessarily think you need it. I think that it's always fun to see certain things. I mean, Force Awakens didn't have a, an overall space battle. Um, and then, you know, th- there, was not, there was no lightsaber fight in Solo. 
and that wasn't my issue. Mm-hmm. If, if I any of the issues I had, so I think you can make like you can make a Star Wars movie feel like Star Wars without any of those particular things. It's just a matter of how you piece it all together. I thought Solo did feel like a Star Wars movie. I mean, that that was I never had an issue like that. I never said like, oh, it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. It just felt more like a like a television episode than it did a, a big movie to me, and in my opinion, but it, it felt like Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it is about going back to the roots of what George Lucas liked, which was an adventure serial, cliffhangers. You've got one problem, and suddenly it becomes two or three problems, and then there's a cliffhanger, and then you resolve that, and then there's another problem. And for me, that's what Solo did, is they had so many different problems one right after the other and gave that great cliffhanger feeling, and that's what I like. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that you need to follow all these rules. I think the more Star Wars movies we get, the more rules are going to be broken anyway, and I think that's good. Uh, I think, like, personally, I kind of missed the f- presence of the Force in Solo, but I still enjoyed it, and it's just that I prefer maybe Force-centric movies, but, yeah. like, I would be happier with more diversity than, like, it has to have a lightsaber fight and it has to have a space battle. Like, Yeah, Ken? Yeah, you know, if you have to have those kind of things, you're making a fan film out in Acton right now on the weekend, all right? Hopefully you can show up <laughs> having sandwiches. Uh, I don't think you need those kind of check. The core DNA of Star Wars is, is George Lucas with the adventure serials, Telling 12-year-olds on the cusp of adulthood, here's the moral lessons you're right. going to face in life. Here's kind of things. I think that's the core. And I think you're right. Solo, to me, was uh, tremendously a, a Star Wars story. Uh, but it's also what you're attracted to. Uh, you force. You like the force. I know you like that kind of stuff. Lore versus <laughs> I want to see Imperials fighting. And, the, and to me, there was the, one of the big villains in Solo was the Empire. Because this is what the Empire did. It pushes everything yeah. down and that creates Infusness, uh, which is a fascinating character that I want more of. Her, the fact that her mother wore the mask at one point and then she's got this presumably her daughter there. That's a fascinating character. That the Empire has created this. It brought all these people together. Brought, turned Weasel from Jabba the Hutt's little you know, fan and pickpocketer <laughs> to, uh, to the second lieutenant at Tubes, which is not confirmed to be Idris or Benthic yet it's is is Tognath, is, yeah. is Tognath. Yeah, that's a point for you. Um, <laughs> that's what Saturday. I love, and that is Star- <laughs> and that is Star Wars to me. And I, and I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, I valid, you know, you, criticism of Solo aside. Yeah, I know you. You had some. There's some great Star Wars stuff in there that definitely. you were attracted to. One hundred percent. I think we were just talking about Maul yeah. for so much. I mean, I, 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 I definitely I geeked out when I, when that happened. That to me I was, could confirm. I, he punched me in the ribs. <laughs> that, was, that was everything yeah. I wanted them to do. And I and I'm there are a lot of there's a lot of great stuff in there, but look, it, it did it didn't work overall. And whether if you really liked it, thought it was just okay, um, as far as a as far as business wise, it didn't work. And there's going to be some changes one way or another. And we're going to find out pretty soon. But I'd like to thank everyone here on the council, the three competitors from the movie trivia showdown Star Wars battle going on this Saturday at the El Portal Theater, guys. And it is going to be a big event. If you didn't get a ticket already, remember that on Tuesday, 2 p.m., it will drop on this channel. So if you're not subscribed subscribe so you don't miss it joseph where can they find you you can find me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw and you can visit my website yes i have one of those like it's 2007 uh, joseph scrimshaw.com has live shows comedy albums and my podcast obsessed which ken is a guest on this uh, very month and of course the star wars podcast we co-host for center mr alex damon uh, my YouTube channel is Star Wars Explained. I talk about Star Wars every single day, and my Twitter is also at Star Wars Explained. And Mr. Ken Knapsack, where are you going to be besides Saturday night? 
Well, uh, you can find me at Catnapsack, which uh, includes Twitch. Yeah, I'm on Obsessed. Uh, I, you know, I love talking Star Wars Game of Thrones. My first love in life, really. My top is Robotech, and I got to talk about it, Joseph. Check that out. Four Centers, what we do with Jennifer Landa. But yeah, June 2nd, I know it's sold out, but maybe you can uh, show outside, uh, buy some uh, tickets uh, from some scalpers. Probably got from scalpers. Andrew Guy. Scalper tickets. Uh, be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, but with a lot of purpose. It's going to be great to see these guys compete. I have so much respect for their knowledge in this uh, in this world, and the live Schmodown event is absolutely a fun, entertaining thing. It's different than watching it here, though. This it's fun watching it here. It is different when it's live in an arena. Which is it, Cody? Is that my camera? Uh, that's good. So, anyways, uh, that yeah. hey, for you too. You 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 were uh, you took a lot of crap this last week. I want to say it to the fans. I don't want the fans to forget that this guy's been a flag bearer for Star Wars fandom for a long time. And a lot of people are saying this guy is grumpy. And the, yeah, he is. He is. He is. We, me and him fight off camera about some of the stuff about Star Wars. We absolutely do. Uh, I don't know what dark path you're going down, but don't forget, he didn't get a planet named after him in canon. For, for just no reason. So well, good, because one of the, yeah. most of the fans want to blow that planet up now. So thank you. <laughs> I, I just saw a lot of it this week. It, 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 Pump the brakes. It, I appreciate it. it. It's all good. We're all passionate fans. We get it. I am never going to apologize for voicing my opinion, and I'll continue to do so. Right now, I, I mean, I love Star Wars. I love it. I wouldn't be, do, be able to do this show if, if, if I didn't love it. But I got some issues with it right now, and I'm going to talk about it until I don't have issues, or maybe I, I'll never have it. Maybe I'll never stop having <laughs> issues. Who the hell knows? But that's what we're here to do. We're here to have good conversations we did that today and we had a great council to do it so we thank you guys for tuning in and again check out the live schmodown on june 2nd if you can if not check it out on tuesday thanks a lot and may the force be with you always napa know how get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned napa because right now when you order from napa online you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Get ready for the tastiest breakfast under the sun. Jimmy Dean Casserole Bites. All the homemade flavors of a breakfast casserole packed into a poppable bite. You know something else? They taste good.